Only two days left of the month of April, so we better darn sure get after it. Welcome back. It's y'all. It's the start of a whole new week and only two days here in April before we turn the page on Wednesday to the month of May. <laughs> Mayday, Mayday. Welcome back to y'all, y'all. I'm John Raw. We're going to have a good time this week, and we're going to bring you lots of good information and a lot of fun. And you have found the right spot on the radio or podcast dial to learn all about the South, what's going on here. We talk news, we talk sports, we talk politics, we talk cooking, we talk history, we talk music, and so much more. This is Y apostrophe A-L-L, y'all. Our website, y'all.com. Our number, 803-816-1170. That's the number you can call or text 24-7-803-816-1170. Our Instagram and Twitter feeds are at y'all show. We are constantly putting stuff up on both of those accounts. We encourage you to go like us, follow us at y'all show. It is just I mean, it's just the coolest thing. I, I don't know what else to say. So we have all that kind of good stuff going on there. Plus, we're on all kind of cool apps these days. We're on the TuneIn Radio app. We're on the iHeart Radio app. There's, And, of course, we're also on iTunes Podcast, the little purple icon. We're on all those things. So if you aren't lucky enough to listen to us live on the radio, on our great radio stations across the South each and every day, then we have all these other cool ways for you to be able to listen to the y'all show talk with a southern accent all right what's coming up here on this monday edition of the all southern program in just a few minutes we're going to talk hashtag hullabaloo with you and we've got some fun stuff there Aunt, or i won't say aunt she's not an aunt she's a sort of an aunt but uh, really more of a cousin a cousin cousin betty that's not even a cousin she has put some stuff up on twitter that i just want to share with you here on today's y'all show and so we've got some fun from cousin betty on the hashtag hullabaloo section of our show today plus sturgill simpson is a artist that you might not have heard of in fact he's someone that i had seen the name but didn't know much about and we're gonna talk about john sturgill simpson a 40-year-old singer who is from Kentucky, and for album sales in today's world, he is doing pretty good. He, he sold combined more than a half million records, and that's not an easy accomplishment in today's world. He's also earned a Grammy Award and nominated Album of the Year at the Grammys. Sturgill Simpson, we, he'll be part of our hashtag hullabaloo fun today, and we'll play a little bit of one of his songs. So, don't miss out on that. Plus, later this hour, we're going to turn our attention to the war between the states. Because today is Confederate Memorial Day in the state of Mississippi. We told you that throughout the month of April, we'll talk a little Civil War history with you. And just to help explain how incredible the war between the states is, I have pulled up events that happened this week, the last week of April, for the years 1861 through 1865. And... This is a time period where nothing overly amazing happened in the Civil War. Things you probably never learned what happened in these couple of days in your history book, in your history class, and your history books in your history class growing up. But it just explains how the Civil War is so fascinating and why there's so many books and people like me that have been admirers of this bloodiest conflict in America's history their whole life. 
And we're going to walk through what happened in 1861 this week, 1862, 364, and 1865. We'll start it in the early days when the war started out and some crazy stuff there. And then we'll end it with, I think it's the deadliest sinking of a ship in American history happened just outside of Memphis in April of 1865. And I'll tell you all about it in our Civil War informational piece coming up at the end of this hour in our salute to Civil War history. Now, when we get to hour two, we'll look back at the weekend in sports. Talladega was held over the weekend in East Alabama. You know they had a good time there right beside Interstate 20. And we'll tell you all about it on our spotlight of the weekend review of sports. Golf played in New Orleans. It was the team tournament that happened down there. And some good news there for a Texan who was part of the winning kind of combination of golfers there at the Zurich Classic. Plus, we have a recap of the NFL draft from Nashville. What a beautiful weekend for Nashville. What a great turnout for Metro Nashville and all the fans of the NFL that came from all over the country for the NFL draft. So we'll have the latest on that, some NBA news and more, all that in our Sports Rewind of the weekend plus we'll have the short stories with jerry short coming up in hour two so lots and lots of good stuff as we always do package for you right here on the y'all show and we start our headlines in middle tennessee where police in sumner county are investigating whether a suspect who over the weekend killed seven people knew his victims michael cummins a 25 year old was taken into custody saturday night after being shot about a mile away from one of the crime scenes that he's alleged to have killed people at authorities are researching and, and doing investigations right now, trying to find out what the connection was for Cummins. Again, seven people killed in this rural area north of Nashville, Westmoreland, Tennessee, is where this happened. And that is about halfway between Nashville and Franklin, Kentucky, roughly 30 miles or so from the city of Nashville, where this deadly shooting, but seven people killed in this shooting spree over the weekend there was also a shooting in nashville i don't have any deaths to report frankly that's good news but seven people killed at a party in nashville over the weekend or seven people shot in nashville over the weekend at a house party there so terrible terrible weekend in middle tennessee this past weekend we do have some good news to report from Southwest Virginia as authorities around Cleveland, Virginia say five men have been rescued from a cave in that part of the state. They became trapped in heavy after heavy rains hit the area over the weekend and a spokesperson for the Virginia Department of Emergency Management said Sunday evening that all five men were taken to hospitals after being pulled from the cave on Sunday one by air transport and they were suffering from hypothermia and exhaustion but the men appear to be on their road to recovery we hope officials say six men entered cyclops cave near cleveland and had planned to camp overnight saturday until conditions worsened because of the drenching rains the rains also made it difficult for them to get out and luckily a 22 year old man managed to get out early on sunday alerting authorities that the others who ranged in age from 34 to 59 remained behind suffering from fatigue and cold but again all five of those still remaining in the cave there in southwest Virginia rescued on Sunday. That's very good news. Senator Marco Rubio of Florida says hackers infiltrated a Florida county's election system and were in a position to alter voter roll data. And the senator said that 
the county's election systems in Florida were in a position to be changed. The comments came in the wake of Special Counsel Robert Mueller's report that revealed that Russian military intelligence units, a unit known as GRU, sent malicious viruses to the Florida county government officials who were overseeing the 2016 election. And I don't know exactly which which county. I don't know if they've released which county in Florida was hit by this, or maybe it's just all counties in Florida were potentially affected by this hack from GRU. But luckily, we're aware of this now, and we need to be on the offensive to prevent this kind of foolishness come 2020 and any of our other future elections. The lynching memorial that was dedicated in Montgomery, Alabama in the last year or two it's getting an accompanying monument to honor the 1950s victims of slayings. I won't call them lynchings, but people killed in that decade leading up to the civil rights movement. The Equal Justice Initiative will dedicate the new monument at the Peace and Justice Memorial Center in Montgomery today. And it's the first memorial in the nation to lynching victims. It's going to add this monument to remember people killed killed during the 1950s and racially motivated attacks that often targeted civil rights leaders of that decade. And amongst the folks honored as part of this monument, Emmett Till of Mississippi, who was 14 years old when he was beaten and killed in the Magnolia State while vacationing from his native Chicago. Also honored in this monument is a couple that i had not heard their names before harry and harriet moore and i had to do some digging to find out about them harry and harriet moore were killed in 1951 and and they died in florida which is where they were from and they were very active in the naacp in brevard county florida as mr moore was president and of the state chapter of the naacp and he was killed when a i think a bomb went off in the home on christmas night 1951 on the 25th wedding anniversary for mr and mrs moore a bomb went off beneath the couple's house in mims florida and both were fatally injured moore died on the way to the hospital in sanford florida which was about 30 miles away from his home because that was the only black florida black hospital that could serve him in that part of florida his wife died from her injuries nine days later at that same sanford florida hospital and he's been called a martyr in the civil rights movement and he was the first naacp official assassinated in the civil rights struggle and he will be honored as part of this monument as well as his wife who were both killed when that bomb went off in december of 1951 again harry and harriet moore of florida part of this monument recognition that will be unveiled today in montgomery alabama Three people have died in Mobile, Alabama after the Jeep Wrangler they were in. It fell from an overpass uh, off-ramp and was struck by a train in the Mobile area. News agencies there in lower Alabama report that police say a female front seat passenger saw the oncoming train was able to get out of the wrecked vehicle before it was hit early Sunday. Mobile police said in a news release that the driver was thrown from the falling vehicle and died and the bodies of two men were found in the rear seat. It happened early Sunday under an Interstate 10 off-ramp to Dolphin Island Parkway South. Police are investigating the cause, but a deadly accident there in Mobile, Alabama. How about the war between the states? And this time it's between Mississippi and New Jersey. Over the weekend, the governor of New Jersey, Governor Phil Murphy, ordered that Mississippi's state flag, which was flying 
at a park there overlooking the Statue of Liberty in New Jersey that the Mississippi flag be removed. He said it needed to be removed because it's reprehensible and does not reflect our values of inclusivity and equality. And the Mississippi flag, of course, contains the Confederate battle flag in the canton of the flag. It's been there since 1894. And Governor Phil Bryant, he wasn't having any of it. He fired back over the weekend at the governor of New Jersey. He said that he was disappointed in Governor Murphy's actions. As I have repeatedly said, this is Governor Phil Bryant of Mississippi. The voters of Mississippi should decide what the state flag is or is not. So I'm actually a little surprised that Phil Bryant even said anything, frankly, in today's world where people just let things slide. He he had to say something about New Jersey. Of course, New Jersey is not the first state to pull this tactic. I think New York in their state house in Albany removed the Mississippi flag years ago. It was removed from a gallery of flags in Oregon many years ago. So a lot of states have kind of hidden the state flag of Mississippi through the years. In Georgia, suspects use an AK-47 gun in the theft of an Xbox. This happened in LaGrange, Georgia. Police say multiple suspects decided to settle a dispute by opening fire on a home with an AK-47 rifle, and then they stole an Xbox. And the police responded to the shots fired on Vine Street in LaGrange, and they say they found Thelenius Gray in his car with a rifle, several televisions, and an Xbox One game console. And another man, Joshua Maddox, had gone to the home on Vine Street along with two others after a previous altercation with the homeowners. They say the group fired multiple shots into the home, then went in and took the electronics. Both men are in custody. Thank you, LaGrange, Georgia. But yeah, going in and causing all this with an AK-47 and come out with a xbox a florida man on meth attacked a mattress looking for his girlfriend's lover who was hiding inside the mattress this is why we don't need to be using drugs especially meth felipe aquindo a 37 year old had smoked methamphetamine before accusing his girlfriend of cheating on him and holding her against her will inside a bedroom according to the okaloosa county florida sheriff's office the unidentified girlfriend managed to escape the locked room and called deputies while the erratic Aquindo was fighting the man in the mattress, according to police. And when deputies arrived, he claimed to have been holding the man down, but then he slipped out and left, police said. Luckily, he was arrested and charged with domestic violence-related faults, imprisonment, and possession of drug paraphernalia. And again, say no to drugs, kids. And adults, too, for goodness sakes. All right, here's a good story. A.C. Burleson is from South Carolina. He's from Andrews, South Carolina, not far from Georgetown, along the South Carolina coast. And A.C. said that when he was saved as a Christian some years ago, along with that came a calling to carry Christ's cross. And he means this. He's 34 years old, and he left Andrews, South Carolina, back on March 11th to embark on a journey to the Grand Canyon, And all the while, while going across the country, he will be bearing a large cross over his shoulder. And he made it to Tuscumbia, Alabama over the weekend. He was walking along US-72 there in the Shoals area, hoping that his carrying the cross serves as a reminder to every passing motorist about the sacrifice Jesus made. And he is walking westward. He generally travels about 14 miles a day and 
is moved by the responses he receives. He says, once a woman at a red light hollered at me, she pulled over and cried. She said, I was one block away from killing myself. This stopped me. That's pretty powerful. And uh, I hope he makes it to the Grand Canyon. That's a long way from Andrews to the Grand Canyon. I just went to the Grand Canyon a couple months ago for the first time in my life. And a moving experience. But I don't think I want to, A, walk there. And I personally don't want to walk there carrying a cross. But thanks to this great South Carolinian, A.C. Burleson, he just might make it. I don't have a website. I, I would direct you to a website or something to help get him along his way. Maybe there's a way you can help give him some money, food. He's not necessarily looking for any of that, but I'm sure it can't hurt. He, he probably like a comfortable place to stay on his journey across the country with a cross. All right, to the other extreme, and let's go to the Florabama Lounge right on the Alabama-Florida state line this past weekend. It was the 2019 interstate mullet toss that began where hundreds of people lined up to take their turns flinging a mullet, a small, otherwise innocuous fish, from Florida into Alabama, or at least in the direction of it. It's a kind of a tradition, a rite of spring, and a lot of people have participated at this event at the Florabama for a long time, and the mullet toss was underway once again. You can go to the website for the Florabama and see the great pictures there, and a nice scene there at the wonderful area of Alabama and Florida, right around Pensacola. Good stuff coming there, and happy spring, y'all. Hey, we're only a couple days away now from May. Here's a blast from the past. Lyndon Baines Johnson, of course, longtime senator from Texas and went on to become the president of the United States back in the 1960s after the death of JFK in Dallas. Well, this past weekend in Bath, Maine, two of the president's daughters christened a warship bearing his name and they smacked champagne bottles against the metal star symbolized in Texas as a crowd roared in approval. And Linda Bird Johnson Rob and Lucy Baines Johnson smashed those bottles and they stood on the ship's bow and the LBJ ship was ready to sail. And this is some kind of high tech warship. It's 610 foot long and it's in the last in a class of three ships that are the largest and most technologically sophisticated destroyers built for the Navy built right there in Bath, Maine. But look out for the USS Lyndon B. Johnson now serving our country in the stealthy warship that bears his name might be coming to a a war zone hopefully not near you soon here's another former president from the south that we want to tell you about president jimmy carter 94 years young is still busting beaks now what in the world am i talking about sure enough he is turkey hunting and he just went out turkey hunting the other day with the Jordan family. That is the company and the family that owns Realtree. And President Carter was turkey hunting in the Columbus, Georgia area. And Tyler Jordan of the Realtree family put a picture out on Instagram saying that President Carter was, quote, still busting beaks. And there's actually a photo from 2017 that shows Carter and the Jordan family smiling and posing over one of their kills. And sure enough, Jimmy Carter is out in the out in the south. He needs to track down Cleve Marsh from right here on the Y'all Show, and they can go turkey hunting together. Uh, but yeah, congratulations, President Kata, getting another turkey. It looks and uh, busting those beaks. 
Here's some more outdoors news. Where's Cleve when you need him? Alabama lawmakers have approved a hunting deer with bait measure. And this bill will allow hunters in Alabama to buy licenses to hunt deer and feral hogs over bait. And it's passed now after several years of falling short. Under current law, hunters must be at least 100 yards away and out of the line of sight of bait. But under the new bill that passed, hunters could buy a bait privilege license that would exempt them from the 100-yard line of sight rule, allowing Alabama hunters to pay a $15 annual fee. Out-of-state residents would pay $51. So I guess they're trying to control the, the deer population and the feral hog population of the Yellowhammer State by authorizing this new hunting deer with bait measure to pass. And finally... I want to tell you about a story coming from Texas. Don't go hunting this animal, Cleve, or anybody else out there. This is just something crazy that I'll tell you about. But even more crazy is what I'll tell you in hashtag hullabaloo that relates to this species. A kangaroo who had been on the run in central Texas has been captured. Harry the kangaroo was on the loose after he escaped his central Texas ranch where other exotic animals were. And he returned home over the weekend. And this is good news there. He'd been on the lam for several days after escaping from this ranch near Wimberley, which is about 40 miles southwest of Austin. He'd been spotted eating flowers and grass by residents of Hayes County while he had been on the loose. According to authorities, the kangaroo's owners were able to capture him by using a tranquilizer dart. The owner of the ranch, Roy Dale, says that he'd been out of town when the kangaroo escaped and had believed the property's gates were high enough to keep Harry secure. Well, I guess old Harry the kangaroo hopped on over that ranch in Wimberley, Texas, and enjoyed a few days of freedom while in the outback (laughs) of central Texas. And we're not done with our kangaroo talk here on today's Y'all Show. We're going to go to a break. When we come back on hashtag hullablue, you're not going to believe what we're going to share with you in today's y'all hashtag huddle blue we actually will tell you where you can legally own a kangaroo in the south and if you and and, and there's only about one state or i'm looking at the map and there's there's two southern states where you can legally own a kangaroo and a few other ones uh, uh, allow you some kind of flexibility we'll tell you mate where that is where you and your joey and hang out when we come back with more of the Y'all Show. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. We are back. This is the Y'all Show, my friends, and it's so good to have you back with us here. Our website, y'all.com. you got to go there. We've got all kinds of great stories up. More coming. In fact, believe it or not, Saturday, it's the running of the Kentucky Derby, 
And coming up on Thursday this week on the Y'all Show, Clark Shelton from Y'all.com. He is a racing horse enthusiast, and he knows a whole lot about the industry. He's worked in the industry, and Clark's going to come on and help us learn more about the Kentucky Derby. You do not want to miss this conversation. We'll get Clark to kind of give us his odds, his odds, not what's out there all over the news, but his his bet on who to bet on come Saturday with the running of the Kentucky Derby. So that'll be coming up this week. And, and if you go to y'all.com on the website, Clark's got stories up already on the Derby, and there'll be even more Kentucky Derby-related stuff, all kinds of goodness coming from Clark and y'all.com on our website. Now, thanks to Clark, he... I guess to help get ready for Churchill Downs, he's been doing a little research on kangaroos. And as we start off our hashtag color blue for the week on this Monday edition of the Y'all Show, Clark has posted a image on y'all.com that I just have to share with you. It says where you can legally own a kangaroo in the South. And if you can, can we come play? Question mark. All right. Well, there is a couple of states that you can have your kangaroo fun in the south but for the most part the south is anti-kangaroo there's only two states in the entire southeast and when i say south i'm talking texas oklahoma all the way eastward including missouri kentucky west virginia maryland and everything down down and in between that 16 states there's only two southern states that you can own a kangaroo and the government really doesn't need to know about uh, it's totally up to you i guess you got to find a way to get it in here but if you are able to do it and or maybe they've been born already you can have a kangaroo mate all right those two states are west virginia and south carolina which i got to give a shout out to my mother's alma mater the columbia college in columbia south carolina the columbia college koalas an all-female Methodist school right there in Columbia, South Carolina. My mother is an alumnus, and I'm only telling this because that's South Carolina, which is kangaroo-friendly, and they're the koalas. Isn't that a cool nickname for a sports team? I think so, especially if it's a female team, which Columbia College is. Yes, so go koalas. Uh, yeah, that is that. those are your two states that you can own a koala in the South. Now, there's only one other southern state where you can own a koala but you are not a koala well a koala or a kangaroo you can own a roo but you have to kind of be given permission by the state and that would be the lone star state in fact if you were tuning tuned in a few minutes ago you heard us talk about how in wimberley texas just over the weekend a kangaroo named harry was on the lamb and luckily was found and was returned to his owners and his ranch there 40 miles southwest of austin texas but they had to have permission to have old Harry. If you are kangaroo friendly, you need to head to either West Virginia or South Carolina to have all your kangaroo fun. And that's the kind of stuff we share with you each and every day here on y'all show where you can have a kangaroo in Dixie. And if you had a roo, what would you call it? <laughs> I've got a few ideas. All right, let's keep it in Carolina for our next fun. Okay. I've got a distant cousin who's not even blood kin. She's kind of a married to, married to one of my late cousins. Okay. But she is very active on Twitter, very active on Facebook. And cousin Betty, you have some good stuff from time to time. And I want to thank you for that because 
you are an inspiration to all of us here on y'all because i steal your propaganda and relay it to the masses here cousin betty and here we go now i'm going to tell you what she put up this weekend but it comes with a disclaimer and the disclaimer is i don't know if it's true and let me go ahead and tell you the real disclaimer of the y'all show and this applies to this section of today's show it applies to every show every day every portion of every show of every day okay get your recorders going the y'all show with john rawl yours truly john rawl is not responsible for anything that i say i am not responsible for anything that i do i call it the millennial creed (laughs) the millennial creed i am not responsible for anything i say or do how does that sound i think that's a great great creed okay so with that in mind y'all here's our first gif that i found put out there by cousin betty it's a gif that says how to remove stains and it's got a neat little graphic i probably should put this up on the y'all.com twitter account But it says how to remove stains, and it says if you have one of these stains, remove it with, and I'm going to go down these, and I hope I'm not telling you something that's not true. Again, the millennial creed, I ain't responsible for what I say or do on this show or anything I do in life, okay? If I get arrested, I'm going to tell them, look, I'm not responsible for my actions, and I think they'll let me slide, and hopefully you can use that same creed in whatever you're doing out there all right here's the first thing and what to remove it with if you've got a grass stain cousin betty says use vinegar that's a new one on me grass equals vinegar if you've got a grease stain what do you think you should use for that they call it soda it it looks like it's a can of coke try it if you got it grease try to get it out with coca-cola or should I say Coca-Cola? <laughs> if you got red wine, a stain of red wine, which I would never have because I can't stand wine, but maybe you love wine. And if you get a stain on your pretty dress or your pretty shirt, it, this says to use white wine to try to get it out with. Now, that seems a little far stretched there, but I, that's what Cousin Betty said. How about this? If you've got a blood stain, this says to try to get blood out with hydrogen peroxide now that kind of makes sense but i'm not willing to try it but i guess i guess what we're saying here is true in fact if if this is accurate i'm glad if i'm telling you something that's not true again i'm not responsible but i do want to correct it for the record hit me up here y'all show at y'all.com or call me 803-816-1170 say john you don't know what the heck you're talking about so i want to know but i'm trying to be an ambassador here i'm trying to help y'all out if you got a blood stain get it out with hydrogen hydrogen peroxide if you got a coffee stain cousin betty says use baking soda for that removal that seems like a good idea and this next one the last one she's got here in this graphic might be the goofiest of all but maybe it works says if you got an ink stain you know from a fountain pen to get an ink stain out use milk (laughs) two percent skim i'm not sure but yeah use milk so let me recap how to remove stains from cousin betty i'm gonna tell you what the stain is and how to remove it if you got grass remove it with vinegar if you got a grease stain 
remove it with Coca-Cola. If you got red wine, use white wine. If you got a blood stain, try getting it out with hydrogen peroxide. If you got a coffee stain, use baking soda. And finally, if you got an ink stain, if you were studying like I used to and fall asleep in the bed and I'd get my pen rolling off my sleeve as I was drooling while taking a nap while, while I should have been studying, instead of trying to clean it up with some kind of other cleaner, use milk, according to Cousin Betty. Cousin Betty, I hope this is right. Well, Cousin Betty, I've got to give props because you were very active on Facebook over the weekend. I found this one from you as well that I want to quickly share with us here on the Y'all Show today. Thank you, Cousin Betty. Why you should eat fruits every day, okay? And this is an informational GIF coming from Cousin Betty. And let's see if this is accurate. Cousin Betty says you should eat fruits every day, including strawberries. Strawberries fight aging. Bananas boost your energy, while cherries calm your nerves. Grapes relax your blood vessels. Ooh, I need some more grapes. Pineapples relieve arthritis pain. Blueberries strengthen your heart. Watermelons promote weight loss. Hmm. Oranges protect your skin and vision. And finally, apples help resist infection. Again, I have no idea if this is accurate, but somebody took the time to put a nice, cute little gif out there. And it very well could be true. Again, the millennial creed, I'm not responsible for whether this is true or not, but it sure seems kind of neat. And we want to thank Cousin Betty for for letting us all know this. And finally, as we wrap up here in our hashtag hullabaloo, we have a tweet coming in from Mary Harding at MEH957, a noted Wilco fan and a Topo Chico enthusiast. And I've I've told you all about Topo Chico before. It's a very kind of cool, hip mineral water based out of Plano, Texas. Kind of, I think, based in Mexico for a long time, but it's making a big push here in this country now. And Mary Harding loves her Topo Chico, but you know that's not the only thing Mary Harding loves. She put on Twitter this week, all right, definitely buzzed enough to write a post about how Sturgill Simpson is the future of country music. Hashtag blessed, blessed hashtag Southern. All right. Now, I appreciate you getting buzzed enough to share with the whole world here, Mary Harding. I mean, that that's just something else for you to do that. But whether you're buzzed or not, I want to tell you all about Sturgill Simpson because here is a guy that I've heard of, but I don't really know much about. He has not really had much success on the country music radio charts of today, but he's had success. In fact, he's had success probably even more impressively than making it on the radio chart. He's made it on the album sales chart. Sturgill Simpson, a 40-year-old who grew up in the Lexington, Kentucky area. I think Versailles, Kentucky is his hometown. He has had combined over 500,000 album sales. He's currently on Atlantic Records. His latest album is called A Sailor's Guide to Earth. And that thing sold 220,000 copies. You just don't sell records like that in today's world for a guy, especially who isn't mainstream. He's more of a kind of Americana artist. Sturgill Simpson. He's from, as I said, Kentucky. He's put out albums independently. And listen to this background. He was born in Jackson, Kentucky, and his mother and father, one was a secretary and one was a state policeman who worked undercover in narcotics. His family moved to Lexington, to the Lexington, Kentucky area, where he graduated from Woodford County High School. His mother's family were coal miners, and he is the first male on his mother's side of the family to not work 
in a strip mine or deep mine. He says that he was not a great student, Sturgill Simpson is who we're talking about. His parents divorced when he was in the seventh grade. He sold drugs and experimented with LSD while in high school. His daddy was an undercover cop, a narcotics cop, and he was selling, his son was selling LSD. <laughs> he was somehow got out of high school, enlisted in the U.S. Navy, and served in the Navy for a couple of years in the Combat Information Center. And while in the Navy, he spent time in Japan, then lived in Washington, waited tables at IHOP, ended up getting out of the Navy, going back to Lexington, Kentucky, ended up ultimately going to Nashville, put out a couple of albums already, and has had great success. I mean, he, he may not be a household name, but he is getting more and more traction. As I said, he's kind of been in the whole Grammy mix. He won Best Country Album at the 59th Grammy Awards. I did not know that. And it was nominated for Album of the Year at the Grammys. Now, coming up later this year at the 50th Woodstock Music Festival, he's going to be a part of that. That was just announced. Sturgill Simpson from Kentucky, somebody you might want to keep an eye out on. He may not have number one songs on the radio, but there's people all over that like his music, like Mary Harden's one of them. And uh, you should maybe consider giving it a spin. In fact, as we go to break, when we come back after the break, we're going to have Civil War talk. We'll tell you about this week in Civil War history as we wrap up our special spotlight of War Between the States information this month of April, as it is Confederate Memorial Day in the state of Mississippi today. We're going to go to break and hear a little of Sturgill Simpson's music. This is probably his greatest success yet as a single. This is In Bloom. And this is from the album, A Sailor's Guide to Earth. Enjoy this from Mr. Simpson. We'll be right back with more of y'all. Don't know what it means. Don't know what it means to love someone. Imagine a mouthwash that whitens your teeth in just four days. Ooh, your party's this weekend. I'm so excited. New Act Whitening Mouthwash. Imagine strengthening your enamel. I'll take one of those brownies with extra pecans, please. Imagine safely removing stains every day. Coffee, ladies. I'll have an espresso. Imagine having a brighter, whiter smile in four days. New Act Whitening. Party time. I'm ready. Stop imagining. Start acting. Use as directed. The sun shone bright and clear that day We all left Washington To lick the rebel boys in gray At the Battle of Bull Run They came from Pennsylvania And some from Maryland To see the rebel boys get spanked By Honest Abe's broad hand We said we'll run them to Atlanta And to Galveston Bay But they ran us back to Washington Continuing on with Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, where we cover all kinds of things, including history. And yours truly, John Rawl, has been a fan of military history my whole life, and specifically as a Southern boy, I like my Civil War history. It starts back when I was a youngster going to visit Fort Sumter with my grandparents and just have, have been a big fan. And chances are 
you have an appreciation for Civil War history, too. And if not, let me tell you why you should, because the Civil War affects all y'all, whether you're from the North or South. It is the most amazing in a good and bad way period in our country's history. I mean, Shelby Foote told me, the guy that was on Ken Burns Civil War series, he told me when I did a documentary about the Civil War, the Civil War defined what kind of country we were going to be. And Mr. Foote, who died many years ago, I think he was absolutely right. And here to explain what I mean by that, in the month of April, we have had a look each week on the Y'all Show, something Civil War related. This is the month in April, as we're about to close it up here after tomorrow, that the Civil War began in April of 1861, and it ended when Lee surrendered in 1865 in April. And so I thought, since April's kind of a big deal, why not spend a little bit of time here on the Y'all Show talking about the war between the states? And that's what we've done. And by the way, today in Mississippi is Confederate Memorial Day. Last Monday was Confederate Memorial Day in Alabama. Mississippi is today. And so if that uh, means something to you, maybe you should honor that. Of course, many, many thousands of Southerners and many, many Northerners died. It was about three quarters of a million Americans lost their life in the Civil War. 750,000 people died in the battle between the states, the war between the states, brother versus brother. All right, here to explain a little bit about the craziness and intrigue of the war between the states, I want to just pick out what happened this very day and or give or take a day or two from the Civil War. Because in my knowledge of the war between the states, nothing amazing happened on this day, April 29th, 1861 through 1865, or right beside it. But but maybe I'm wrong. This is why, if you're into the Civil War, you just don't know what happened unless you take the time to go look, because you don't learn this kind of stuff, sadly, growing up in schools. All right. This very week, in April 1861, this isn't even really in the South, but it was tomorrow, April 30th, 1861, the New York Yacht Club offered its vessels to the federal government. This was even before Bull Run. That kind of tells you kind of what people were going through. Also, just before this day, last week in April, uh, in April of 1861, U.S. Army officers in San Antonio, they were seized as prisoners of war by the local militia there who were pro-Confederate at that time in San Antonio. Okay, that's... 1861 this is before the the really big battles even started happening so let's go forward to 1862 and what happened around this time period well in april 6th and april 7th of 1862 the biggest battle in the western theater happened at pittsburgh landing in tennessee also known as the battle of shiloh that ended up being a huge huge battle roughly 25,000 people i think died I could be wrong, but casualty-wise, it was somewhere in that area. And some of the big names that we learn about Civil War history, they first kind of became household names at the Shiloh. And after Shiloh, a couple weeks go by, and it was this week, in fact, this very day, that the Union Army Group advanced on Corinth, Mississippi, which is about 20 miles from Shiloh and a big railroad hub. And the Army kind of began a siege of Corinth, in 1862 under the direction of major general henry halleck 
and he engaged in a month-long siege of Corinth, and it was a in, considered a Union victory. The commander of the Confederate forces at that time was General P.G.T. Beauregard, and there were a thousand casualties and losses on both the North and South during the siege of Corinth, Mississippi, 1862. Now, let's go forward to April of 1863 in what was going on in the South and Civil War time period at this point of time. Well, just before this day, on April 24th, 1863, and this is kind of some of the unusual stuff you find out when you dig into Civil War history. April 24th, 1863, the Confederate government passes a tax in kind on one-tenth of all produce. Now, if you know anything about the war, the South was being devastated come 1863, and they, the government in Richmond passed a tax in kind on one-tenth of all produce, and that helped finance and keep the armies going. The Secretary of Treasury of the Confederacy was from Charleston, South Carolina, Christopher Memminger. And he was a big fixture in South Carolina prior to Civil War. And this tax in kind was set at one-tenth of all agricultural product by state. And this tax was directly tied to the provisioning of the Confederate Army. And despite the fact that it also ran into some collection problems, it was mostly successful. After its implementation, it accounted for about half of total revenue if converted into currency equivalent. Confederacy was trying to survive both financially and food-wise at this time period. Now, this same week back in 1863, you had the Battle of Chancellorsville, which began near Fredericksburg, Virginia. Now, this is a famous battle of victory for the Confederates. It's probably most famous because it's where Stonewall Jackson was killed in April of 1863. The Northerners, they had over 1,600 killed in the Chancellorsville campaign and Chancellorsville alone, and the Confederates had about that same number. But the North had a total of over 17,000 casualties, Confederates over 12,000 casualties, but Chancellorsville this week in 1863. Then we move, we move on to April of 1864, around this same time period. In Arkansas, you had an engagement at Jenkins Ferry as part of Steele's Camden Expedition. Now, Jenkins Ferry, it was a battle in the Trans-Mississippi Theater. It was Frederick Steele's northern troops against Kirby Smith, the Florida native, Edmund Kirby Smith, the Seminole, and Major General Sterling Price, also part of this in Arkansas. And this was a northern victory there just outside of the area there, Jenkins Ferry, southwest of Little Rock, a big win for the northern troops we don't hear a lot about Arkansas Civil War battles, but Jenkins Ferry happened April 1864. And then when we move to the final year of the war between the states, April 1865, remember, they surrendered April 9th. That's when Lee surrendered to the Grand at Appomattox Courthouse. So you fast forward a couple of weeks from there, and there were still battles going on throughout the country. And probably one of the worst things that happened in the Civil War from a death standpoint was the explosion of the riverboat Sultana. That happened April 27th, 1865, after troops were going home. Now, this riverboat, it was exploded about seven miles north of Memphis, and roughly 1,500 recently freed prisoners of war from the north who were heading back north, 
this riverboat had so many people on it, it was just overcome, and it exploded in the middle of the night. And like I said, I think it's considered to be the deadliest riverboat or boat or any kind of sailing vessel death toll in American history, in our waters. And this happened not in the ocean, on the Mississippi River north of Memphis. They say that bodies were found months later as far as Vicksburg, Mississippi. People were screaming in the river floating down past Memphis, and they were able to save some lives that way. I think roughly 700 people survived the Sultana, but that's something you probably have not heard much about. But it's part of the intrigue of the Civil War. And that was well after Lee and Grant surrendered. And and there were actually still battles and surrenders happening even past the explosion of the riverboat Sultana. All that is part of Civil War history. And that's why here on the Y'all Show, we wanted to just kind of give you a few things that you probably have never heard about. Some of this stuff I'd never heard of. As much of a Civil War buff as I am, I'd never heard of the Battle of Jenkins Ferry in Arkansas. I'd never heard about the Confederate government having this tax in kind on produce to keep things going it was also during the civil war just in case you're wondering that's when the northerners came up with something called the income tax we owe the civil war to the creation of income tax in this country of course maybe if the south would have won we wouldn't have had an income tax you know maybe that would have been a good thing <laughs> but anyway that's just a little bit of how intriguing the civil war is maybe maybe some of this will be of interest to you and we can all learn interesting things about this time period 1861 to 1865 well that will conclude hour one of today's y'all show when we come back we'll look back at the weekend in sports plus jerry short the teller of tales from takapola he's out of the hospital we'll find out how he's doing when the y'all show continues The Y'all Show continuing on on this Monday edition. This is the show all about the southeast of the United States. The combination of news, sports, politics, opinion, food, history, and just about everything else out there related to the 16 southern states. We cover it right here on the Y'all Show. In just a few minutes, we'll have the teller of tales from Takapola join us, Jerry Short. And we're going to find out how Jerry's doing. He was not with us last week. We had to have an encore of Jerry because jerry was having some health problems actually had to go to the hospital and we'll find out how the old fella's doing when we talk to him in the next segment so don't miss out always a fun time to catch up with the teller of tales from takapola jerry short hey if you want to catch up with us here on the y'all show our number is 803-816-1170 you can call you can text 24 7-803-816-1170 and our awesome website is y'all.com. Great stories, always timely stories on there. In fact, speaking of timely stories, this week we're rolling out a bunch of Kentucky Derby-related stories. Go get you the perfect hat. Get you the perfect prediction of who's going to win this Saturday's Kentucky Derby when they race at Churchill Downs in Louisville. All that on y'all.com this week, so do not miss it. going to have Clark Shelton from y'all.com join us later this week with his prediction of the derby since clark has in addition to being a a good writer at y'all.com he's a good horseman and we're going to find out what he says about it all that later this week we start this hour with a look back at the weekend in sports and i'm kind of 
This is kind of bittersweet news for me to have to tell you this on today's y'all show. After 19 seasons in the NFL, Sebastian Janikowski is now going to retire from the NFL as he was a longtime kicker for the Oakland Raiders. And remember, here's the guy that came out of Florida State and was drafted by the Raiders. I, I think he was drafted, I think, in the first round, which was, yeah, he was the 17th overall pick back in 2000. And he leaves the NFL as the Raiders' all-time leading scorer with 1,799 points. Now Tom Brady is the only player in the NFL from the 2000 draft. Sebastian Janikowski retiring. He had quite a leg. He booted NFL record 58 field goals of 50 yards or longer. He had a 63-yard field goal in 2011 against the Denver Broncos in Denver, which at that time tied the NFL record. Sebastian Janikowski, who, again, prepped, uh, well, I guess is isn't prepped. He played his collegiate ball for the Knowles and did a great job for Bobby Bowden retiring after 19 years in the NFL. And I, like I said, kind of bittersweet because I just love the fact that the Raiders picked him in the first round. I, I don't think kickers get enough love, and he got plenty of love and had a long career. Congratulations. I think he was a native of Poland before coming to this country. This is not really a story from the South, but it ties into this weekend's NFL draft. And it comes from Topeka, Kansas, where there's a college there called Washburn University, which has one of the most unusual nicknames in all the land. I was just in Topeka around Christmas time, and I'd never heard of Washburn. And I found out what their mascot and nickname is, the Ichabods, the Washburn Ichabods, small school right there in Topeka. Well, the New York Giants on Saturday drafted a player from there and it turns out on saturday he was injured in a shooting and his teammate was killed Dwayne simmons 23 year old was he was killed in the shooting and new york giants new draftee Corey ballantyne was injured in the shooting in topeka kansas over the weekend very weird story but one player who is currently on the washburn ichabod roster killed and this giant playmaker injured, expected to be fine, expected to make a full recovery. That's good news for him, but sad that a player was shot and killed there. Now, the shootings continued over the last few days. A 24-year-old man saw it in the shooting of a Texas Tech football player and also shooting a woman has turned himself into Lubbock police. A statement says, Asia Divine Jackson is the person who has been that turned themselves in and he had been sought on a warrant alleging aggravated assault with a deadly weapon in the shooting of 19 year old red shirt freshman defensive lineman for texas tech john scott the third and the records there from lubbock county jail say that he's behind bars as after he shot this football player he also shot a 19 year old woman there in that uh, shooting in lubbock texas the other day now to the NBA, and we had some finals from Sunday when to pass along, and a little bit of a surprise to me. In Milwaukee, the Bucks could not serve a victory up to their home crowd on their home court. They lost to the visiting Celtics 112-90 in Game 1 of this semifinal action on the East. And on the West side of things, the Golden State Warriors picked up a four-point win at home against the Houston Rockets, 104-100, to and take a 1-0 series lead in the West semifinal matchup there tonight in the nba the 76ers and raptors have game two of their series right now the raptors lead 1-0 
And game one of the West semifinals between the Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets takes place at the Pepsi Center in Denver, Colorado. Don't talk a lot of hockey, but hey, we got to give some love to the Carolina Hurricanes out of Raleigh. They took a 2-0 series lead against the New York Islanders in their hockey game played on Sunday. And they now lead this again, second round East Conference of the NHL, the Hurricanes advancing. Great job there. Today in NHL action, the St. Louis Blues and Dallas Stars have a matchup and that'll be at 7 Dallas time. This will be Game 3 of this West Conference Series in the NHL, and the Blues and Stars are currently knotted up at one apiece. To the sport of golf this past weekend in New Orleans, Ryan Palmer and John Rahm, the Spaniard, Palmer the Texan, they got a big victory in the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, and I say they, this this is the only tournament on the PGA Tour where you actually have a teammate. It's a twosome. And Rahm and Palmer shot 26 under. That was three shots better than the closest competition of Tommy Fleetwood and Sergio Garcia at, at, at TPC of Louisiana and Avondale. They picked up the big win. I think it's over $2 million they got in the $7.3 million purse there at the Zurich Classic. And they get a bunch of FedEx points in addition to that. First win for Ryan Palmer since the year 2010, I think. And it had been like 3,000 days since he had gotten a victory on the PGA Tour. The former Texas A&M Aggie getting a big win. Rom played collegiately at Arizona State. But Rom and Palmer picking up a win at the Zurich Classic. The PGA Tour winds its way back eastward. This weekend, they'll be in Charlotte at Quell Hollow for the big tournament there that's held in the Charlotte area. ACC basketball news here for you on this Monday. Virginia Cavalier coach Tony Bennett, who guided his team to the national championship, says that his team will not accept an invitation to the White House if invited to come celebrate their national title. Now, the reason he says, he put it out in a statement this week, he says, we have received inquiries about a visit to the White House with several players either pursuing pro opportunities or moving on from UVA. It would be difficult, if not impossible, to get everyone back together, we would have to respectfully decline an invitation. And we're not really sure President Donald Trump has formally extended an invitation to UVA to come to the White House. I mean, UVA is not that far from Charlottesville to Washington, D.C. Now, to UVA's credit, four of their players from the national championship team have declared for the NBA draft. And, of course, they got that big win, 85-77 over the Texas Tech Red Raiders earlier in April in the game played in Minneapolis as they won the national championship, the first that UVA has ever won in men's college basketball. And players Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, DeAndre Hunter have all entered the NBA draft. And that is also uh, in addition to Mamadi Diakite, who entered the draft for UVA. So four players in NBA bound and the coach is using that as the excuse not to go to the White House if invited. Could be a legitimate excuse. Now, I will tell you, got to give love to the Baylor Bears. The Lady Bears will be at the White House today as Baylor just picked up the Women's National Championship a couple of weeks ago and Coach Mulkey and Baylor will be celebrated at the White House today. So kudos, Lady Bears, on picking up your national championship honors. Maybe you'll get some fast food there in the East Wing, just like 
the Clemson Tigers got when they visited the White House a couple months ago. More basketball news, more from the ACC here. North Carolina guard Seventh Woods announced that he's leaving UNC and transferring. He says he wouldn't go back and change any decision that he's made, but he feels like it's time for a change. He is a native of Columbia, South Carolina, was a big prep star in the Midlands of South Carolina. Kind of everybody thought he might go to South Carolina, but he chose to go to North Carolina. And a lot of Tar Heel fans saying this is going to be a major loss. Now, he averaged two and a half points and 2.1 assists last season, so I don't know what major means, but expected to be a big contributor. Seventh Woods getting out of the UNC program. You have to wonder, is Frank Martin going to be able to get him to transfer to South Carolina, or will Seventh Woods move along to some other program that we're not aware of? But a departure there for Roy Williams. And finally, in our sports recap of the weekend, They were rubbing and racing in Talladega on Sunday, and Chase Elliott, he picked up the big win at Talladega. He won the Cup Series race there, giving Chevrolet its first victory of the season, and he finished well in the clear from a race-ending crash that flipped Kyle Larson a half dozen times, and Elliott took the lead. Again, he's from right around Dawsonville, Georgia, hometown of his father, Bill, And Elliott took the lead shortly after restart with four laps to go. It worked with three other Chevy drivers to hold off the rest of the field. And he won for the first time since October and went to victory lane about 150 miles from his Dawsonville, Georgia hometown. His daddy, Bill, won twice at Talladega in the 1980s. But Chase Elliott, the winner at Sunday's race. And I don't mind talking about Talladega, Dega. It's a great race. It's right here in the heart of the South. And to have a good Southern boy, I mean, there's not many Chase Elliott's out there racing. You got too many darn Yankees and I would say even foreigners racing in NASCAR, NASCAR of all things, but a good, good to see a good Georgia boy picking up the win at Talladega on Sunday. And I, I kind of get a kick out of it when they make a big deal about a Chevrolet winning. There ain't nothing like uh, that Chevrolet that Chase Elliott was driving had pretty much zero in common with the Chevrolet you might be going down the road in right now. I don't see any similarity. And whenever you can start driving 200 miles per hour in your car or truck, then then we'll talk. <laughs> but kudos to Chase and that win just outside of Lincoln, Alabama on Sunday. When we come back, we're going to go from Talladega to Takapola. Jerry Short, the teller of tales, is our special guest, and he's up next. This is a cow, a cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair, but cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 1717. That's promo code 1717 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Mother's Day is next Sunday, and Pro Flowers is offering an amazing special. One dozen assorted roses for mom for $19.99. And as a special bonus, double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone, and enter the secret code 6262. 
With Fresh Flowers, express delivery and unique vases and accessories that mom will love, Pro Flowers has everything you need to get your Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms you know. Order now from Pro Flowers to get amazing savings. Just pick a delivery date and its freshness is guaranteed or your money back. One dozen assorted roses sent fresh from the farms and guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven days, starting at $19.99. Or double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Order now because Mother's Day is next Sunday. Sunday. The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to proflowers.com, click on the microphone in the upper right corner, and enter the secret code 6262. That's proflowers.com, secret code 6262. Continuing on with y'all talk with a darn southern accent, I'm John Rawl, and yeah, there's our theme song for Jerry Short, oh, the ballad of David Crockett. Welcome back. It's the all-southern show that we bring on, the teller of tales from Takapoa. Jerry, last week here at this time, we had to go back a couple of months and have an encore of your lovely voice because you were not available. You were under the weather, and I was kind of worried about you. So hopefully oh, you're, you're back in the saddle like Roy and Dale. Well, I'm trying to stay in the saddle. Sometimes I fall to live, lean to the left and I lean back to the right. But maybe if I can hold on, hold on to the horn, I'll be all right. What, uh, what's going on this week? Well, I'm really worried about you. Are you going to be okay? Because it's not like well, you to yeah. miss out. I mean, we had to give you a paid day off with sick leave, and I don't like doing that. Old stuff for me or nothing? You couldn't find anything? Oh, we found – I ran the, the interview of you talking about how after 50 years, a fella ran into you and said, Hey, oh, yeah. I remember you, Jerry Short. You helped me out, and here's $100. Thank you for your kind gesture. Good, that was a good gentleman, a Warren guy. That's right. He did. He gave me a, uh, he said, look, I've been wanting to give you this. I hadn't seen you in 50 years. And he, and he, he stuck it in my shirt and that guy said, what is this? I didn't look at it till he drove off. And then I said, well, let me get this 10 or 20 out of my shirt and y'all gonna pull out a hundred dollar bill. So, uh, <laughs> all my days aren't bad. <laughs> and that was a good, good thing that he did. I, I really. Think it, you know, it was really nice. I appreciate it. Well, we ran that one. There was so much content, Jerry, for us to pull when you weren't here last week that I kind of had to sift through a lot of options, but I ended up choosing that one because at least if you were in the hospital as you were, I wanted to at least say uh, we'll, we'll we'll put a good one out there. So, are you doing better? Well, I've stayed out of the hospital for a doggone seventy something years, I think, and I guess it all caught up with me at once. I had to have a complete knee replacement. I may have mentioned that before. And and then all of a sudden, I started having some kind of fainting spells and blurring speech. And I don't, we didn't know what that was. I had to go to a cardiologist, and he gave me a clearing. He cleared me to go ahead and have the knee surgery. And I had the knee surgery, and, and I'll be doggone after a couple of 
a, a couple of in-house rehab sessions. I got, I went back to do it at uh, an outpatient rehab clinic, and uh, I'll be dog. It hit me. The spinning hit me again, and the dizziness hit me again, and and uh, we got through about a, a week of uh, rehab. Finally, she wouldn't rehab me that first day. Got through about a week, and then Easter Sunday, it hit me again in another town, and I was put in a University of Mississippi Medical Center hospital for three days, and they gave me they did everything that medical science could test you with. I didn't know they had so many things. I didn't know you could have so many MRIs and MREs and MRSs and everything in the world, but they did everything they could do. And then they they cleared me, but they, they put me on some blood thinner. They thought they'd found maybe a, a mini stroke or two or three or four. So they put me on blood thinner and thought it was okay. And then they won't rehab me now. They sent me. I went down there to be rehabbed, and she didn't like the way things felt and sound. So she sent me to uh, to Oxford for a day, in, uh, almost a day, half a day. Sent me to Oxford for that period of time in a emergency room. And they, they checked everything. They went right through the same routine almost, except for my cardiologist, and they made appointments there. So I can't do rehab or anything until – we find out what's causing me to have these semi mini strokes, I guess. So I'm I'm kind of on hold on that, and it's you know it doesn't scare. I'd say be crazy if I said it don't scare me a little bit, but the thing is, it uh, it's a mystery, and it's a mystery to at least I have seen one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different doctors, and I've seen. Uh, uh, besides the doctors, you know, telling how many nurses and nurse practitioners, two of those. So, and nobody has actually come up with a, with saying, hey, I'm going to diagnose this as X. You know, that hadn't been done. That'd be the only thing, that mystery of that, John, is just kind of, you know, I'm just, all I can do is just wait till I go back to the neurologist and uh, see how this blood thinners has worked on. If it's dissolved, these, uh, these, these, where I've had these mini strokes and see what I've got. And hopefully that'll, that'll clear me up. And, you know, it's a mystery. If not, I guess I better jump on something and go to Mayo Clinic or something. Yeah. But, uh, other than that, uh, I'm fine talking and talking to you at all. That's always good sunshine. And, uh, I know you've got good things happening. And, well, if it makes and, you feel any better, Jerry, I can't lie. You don't really look good because I'm not looking at you. But you sure sound good. Well, that's the important thing because I've never looked good in my life. <laughs> so so if I sound good, I'm on par for kind of how I've, I've been since I started talking. Yeah. So other other than that, let's, uh, let's just say – I'm average and go on. Now you you mentioned you mentioned you've seen about seven different doctors. Can you kind of give us an idea of what types of doctors have actually looked at? Yeah, you? I mean I've I've got a neurologist and I go back to her in a week. I've got a cardiologist that checked me out for the for the knee surgery. And of course, you know the knee surgery doesn't count as far as that goes, as far as a, a medical you know anything pertaining to this. Mm-hmm. And then I've had two or three. Uh, Different doctors that I've seen at uh, 
it came into uh, emergency room situation. And and I've had a couple of foreign doctors that really, really looked like they tried to figure out what was wrong. They would come back and ask me, when do you get this thing? When do you get where you get slurred vision? And when do you get, where, I mean, slurred speech? And when do you get blurred vision? And when do you get the world going round and round? I fell about five or six times, you know, when it gets like that. And the last, when I got home the last time since the, the hospital situation, I had to dive in a recliner and I went completely blacked out and I wasn't completely, I said completely, let's say 90%. I still was conscious of that I was alive and I couldn't tell though if, if the chair that the recliner that I was in was upright or upside down or on its side. So I had to wait that out for about five or six minutes. And then when it, it come out, you know, everything cleared up. And I'm clear again, just like I'm talking now. But if I get out, the woman, it, it, the woman is really, I think she's really in, in Water Valley, is doing a tremendous job on rehabbing me. Now, let's, 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 let's clarify to our listeners. We're talking with Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola. But this ain't no tale Jerry is telling us today. This is the truth, y'all. No, this is the truth true. with Jerry Short and our short stories. But when he's talking about rehab, eh, he's not talking about for drugs or alcohol. This is a different kind of rehab you've been having to go to. Well, I'm doing a rehab for the uh, complete knee replacement. Yeah. That's what I started going. But not for drugs or alcohol rehab. Well, let's let's don't even go there. You know me, Kevin. <laughs> well, when when somebody my, says rehab these days, view. you know, so many people are on re, uh, drugs and alcohol. When you hear the term rehab, you kind of think of drugs and alcohol. When well, you hear that. that's true. And, I, you know, here I've I, I never watched television because I've always been active and out. And now that I've been confined and got cabin fever and I've watched this television and I think everybody's a drug head on this on on these movies that they have today. They they either running drugs or they're doing like Mew, my man Clint Eastwood, <laughs> and he's selling drugs. It's something about drugs on every movie that I've seen. I think in new movies. Now, I, I'm not bad about watching a lot of new movies. I I kind of still stick to Gunsmoke and The Lone Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Carol Burnett or something similar to that, you know. So uh, I don't see any drug talk there. Mm-hmm. But they may be slipping some under secretly that I don't know about. But no, I'm not. I'm not any kind of the drug. The rehab I'm doing is is strictly what she's, you know, what they prescribed. And she told the you there in Water Valley what? She's told me a couple of times that, uh, you know, well she'll. She'll listen to my heart, and then she'll she'll listen to my pulse beat, and she thinks I've got a little rhythmic out of whack on my heart, and she, and what she said if I if if I do any extra work, like if I push, if I'm rehabbing, and I may be pushing, and they you know they'll put weights on your ankles or something for the rehab, it'll it'll start that uh, my blood pressure will go down low. And it'll get me to spinning and get me full-headed and get me dizzy. So she's not going to do any more on me. She says, I can get that knee well three weeks from now. Let's get your other stuff. Let's find out what the heck's happening with you. So, you know, I appreciate that. And and then she, 
a friend of mine, and I'm going to tell you a light story about a horse and a mule and a donkey and everything else in a minute. Uh, <laughs> this is a true story. Uh, I, I had to call him and I got him to come get me. And he took me to the, he took me up to at the Oxford uh, Hospital, and uh, she she just soon assigned me a warden at uh, San Quentin. He wouldn't let me out of his sight. He he drove me up there. He I thought I could at least go back and get my car when they give me a full bill of health at Oxford, and he wouldn't even do that. He had his wife come pick my car up and drive it to my house, and he drove me to my house. So I've been in good care, and I appreciate it, even though, you know, I'm saying it kind of like, golly, don't do me that way. I'm a big boy. But uh, I don't know if anybody's a big boy has got possibility of a big stroke or, or something like that. So yeah, strokes are we, we, a terrible thing, and I'm glad what you've had thus far are what they call mini strokes. Yeah, and uh, that's what they call it. Did, 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 when, when they're going on, do you have any recollection of, you know, you think to yourself, hey, this might be a stroke, or do you have zero memory? You know, at first I didn't. I thought it might be vertigo when the first couple hit me. And, you know, it, it was about three months ago, but I was already lined up for knee surgery. So I just thought I'd ride it on out. And then another one hit me, and then another one hit me. And when that uh, one hit me really bad, and uh, that then I said, you know, I, I could be on the verge of having a stroke and i don't know why it just comes up it just you know it's just like all of a sudden my head would get full and i've tell this to all these doctors and they would all try to figure out why it was causing you know why it happened the way it happened but we never did come up with an answer yet but uh you know i'm sure there's an answer out there let's just uh, keep your finger crossed for me that uh i told a boy the other day down there at rehab i said Look, will you go out and see if you can gather up maybe four or five, six people to, if I happen to have a funeral, I know I'm playing it. It's not funny to play like that, but I said, I don't know if I can get four or five people in town. Just go see where you can get up. If you have to get a few off the street, get them off the street and, uh, bring them on over to the city, city, city cemetery. And, and, uh, so I think they're looking for five people now. So I'm going to tell them to put your name on the list, okay? Well, in the spirit of five, Jerry, there's five warning signs of stroke. And here with Jerry Short, let's do kind of a good public service to the y'all listeners today. The five warning signs of stroke, sudden numbness or weakness in the face, arm, or leg, especially on one side of the body. Jerry, did you have that? I have not had that. I have not had that. Okay. Number two, warning sign of a stroke, sudden confusion or trouble speaking or understanding speech. Got to trouble speaking. Is that right? Give me, give me one out of two. All right. Number three, sudden vision problems in one or both eyes. Uh, yeah, I think when I'm spinning and uh, I have uh, that in my head that uh, I kind of lose balance and all that vision is definitely not there. So mm-hmm. you give me two. All right. Two Number four is sudden difficulty walking or dizziness, loss of balance, or both problems with coordination. Well, I hit the deck pretty dang quick. So when that it's happened four or five times. Now it's not when I talk. I can feel it may be coming on, and I'll sit down and I'll be okay mm-hmm. after a while. And I'll take my blood pressure ten times. 
So yeah, that's. I guess you you got me three out of four. All right. Well, here's the grand finale of the five warning signs of stroke here on the Y'all Show as we put on yeah. our white coats and diagnose Jerry today. The number five sign is severe headache with no known cause. And had a headache. Okay. I have not had a headache. So we're uh, we're batting uh, Six, uh, three out of five. Two out of, yeah, we we're, we're batting uh, two out of five. Three out of five. And uh, you got three of these. Yeah, I, yeah, I had three bad ones. I think so. you might be having one now if you don't remember. Yeah. What. <laughs> well, if I can't count to five, I'm in trouble. Uh, that just and, might not be, that, that might not be a stroke. That might just be ignorance. Well, that goes along with it, with me. Yeah. So we'll just have to get with I'm still hanging in there. Well, Jerry, but, I can't diagnose you here today with the common name of mini stroke. Uh, if I'm going to be Dr. John on today's y'all show, I've got to say, Jerry, what you're suffering from seems like it could be a TIA. Have you heard of that one, TIA? That, yeah, they've thrown that one on me a bunch of times. That so. stands for a transient ischemic exactly. attack a tia exactly. transient ischemic yeah. attack or a mini stroke yep i'm, I'm loaded with tia and then they've thrown that on me a lot of times so uh i just threw in mini stroke for the commoner like myself mm-hmm. but understand <laughs> and so we uh we're gonna get this thing knocked out man i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let you go and do shows without me putting my two cents in yeah, I got to, I got to, I got to speak every now and then. The more important thing, if you think you're having a TIA, you need to call nine one one immediately. Don't try to think that it might be something else, and get out there and get medical help. Of course, if you're by yourself, it can be very unfortunately deadly uh, because this could lead to a massive stroke. And these are not things yeah. to play with. I've had a grandfather die of a stroke, and a lot of people know people or. They have had loved ones who've died of strokes. I mean, uh, the sad thing about a stroke is, boom, boom, you're perfectly fine, and then you're gone, never to be heard from again. You die of your stroke. I know. At all I kinds of a, ages, too. Yeah, you're right. I had a, you're talking about ages. I had a, I had a grand granddaddy in Tacopola, my daddy's daddy, and we sold one of my horses and went down almost to Jackson and took – it was my grandmother's sister, Leo Dennis. So everybody left and left him on the farm. And he was 82, and he's riding his horse. And had already told him to quit riding his horse. And he'd rode a horse to Texas one time and stayed out there and worked two years on a cattle ranch in, in the, about the turn of the century, the <laughs> other century, yeah. 20th century. And uh, anyway, instead of uh, instead of getting off of his horse to open the, the gate, he reaches down off of his horse with the blood rushing to his head. Yeah. And when we got home, we found him by the gate with a stroke. Mm. And, you know, he recovered. And the biggest thing for him was back in those days, we just had a dish of salt, not a salt shake. And you'd take a pinch, like pinch stuff or something. And that's how you'd put your salt out. But it eliminated him from salt. I thought that was going to kill him. But he went on to live to be 94 or something like that. And that's about it. But to fall off of that horse, and to bend over and have it stroke, we were really concerned. But he couldn't talk when we got there. Mm. So anyway, he came through it, and uh, that's the only stroke in my family, I guess. And I, I forgot to tell that to the doctors, but you know that goes so. He was born in, he was born in eighteen seventy nine. So mm. 
that goes so far back, I don't think. Yeah. My granddaddy would count. For more information on strokes, you can go to the website strokeassociation.org. The American Stroke Association is a division of the American Heart Association. This I is need the, to go to it, I think. Yeah, you sure do. This is y'all show. <laughs> Jerry, I heard you talk about horses and Takapola. Yeah. When we come back, yeah. there's a story from yesteryear that I know you just want to get off your chest here, and you better get it, it off. You better get it off I'm your chest because just like yeah, no. you better get off your I chest because just like Fred G. Sanford, the big one might be coming one day, and we That's won't. Right? Uh, what's your name, uh, Esther? Oh, God. Esther. Yeah. Yeah. What's your name, Esther? Hold on, here. It's this here, but no, uh, no. Elizabeth was his wife. He's like, hold on, Elizabeth, I'm coming. That's right. Esther was his uh, sister-in-law. His wife, sister. Yeah. Wife, sister, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was a good one, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, the y'all mind. hold on. We're coming. We're coming right back from this break. We have more of Jerry Short. Elizabeth! Elizabeth! It's a big one. Hi, I'm Paul. I know what you're thinking. Oh, great. Another wireless ad. I know how you feel. And it seems like they're always full of this complicated, tricky language about their networks and offers and blah, blah, blah. Well, Sprint is going to do things differently and let you decide for yourself with their new 100% total satisfaction guarantee. Try it for 30 days, love it, or your money back. See? Simple. Now get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 a month per line for five lines. So switch now. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1 today. 30-day guarantee with new line of service. iPhone XR, 64 gigabyte, $15 a month after $16.25 a month credit for 18 months credit applied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after six thirty twenty, pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Day-to-day prioritization during congestion. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Speed maximums, use rules, $30 activation fee, and restrictions apply. I can't believe it. That Philip brought his little brother on our mission into orbit? How long until we get there? How long until we get there? How long until we get there? No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. What's this button do? What's this button do? What's this button do? What's this button do? No, 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 don't touch that! Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome back. It's the final segment of this Monday. Y'all talk with a Southern accent. Jerry Short's our special guest, having a good time talking about yesteryear. And again, 
We want to remind you, Jerry's been having problems with many strokes, and if you think you might have had a many stroke and or you need more information about strokes, all kinds of resources out there for you, but one place you can go is strokeassociation.org. That is the official website of the American Stroke Association. We want to want y'all to stick around, please, and anything you can do to to survive. We're we're in favor of that here on the y'all show well jerry as we wrap up with you here in our short stories with jerry short yes. Yes. i know you had something happened to you many years ago when you we were talking about horses and you and taco pole in the previous segment uh, kind of jarred a memory that i know you had told me about right. once right i had a friend that lived uh well we both lived in we didn't live in taco pole then but we had the farm over there and uh this friend of mine yeah, I guess he could ride a horse better than me. And we were about 10 to, 10 to 12 years old. I'd have to try to figure to research that. But I know one time we were out on my daddy had some cattle out from Water Valley and we were out there and there's a pond on that place. And this friend of mine, my daddy told me to ride the horse, my horse across the pond and I wouldn't do it. And, uh, this friend of mine, Tommy, he, uh, he jumps up on the horse and, I'll be dang if he don't whip the horse and ride across the pond. So my daddy shamed me on that. <laughs> you, you're talking about you talking about a pond that's like several feet deep. I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking about a, a deep pond that was probably two acre and a half, maybe one that wide. But if you're riding a horse and you was ten, eleven, twelve years old, it was a pretty good deal. And Tommy jumped up on the horse and. He, he he kicked him in the flanks, and he made that horse go ahead and swim that pond. And it was deep enough for a horse to swim. And it was, you know, he wasn't touching bottom anywhere. He was swimming. And uh, there I was standing over there looking like a little sissy or something. And I was scared to get on the horse and swim the pond. I wasn't going to swim the pond there. And then Tommy said, let me swim that pond. And he swam the pond. So we were good friends. and. It used to be, my daddy got into uh, Tennessee walking horses. And, you know, that's kind of a thing of the past. But at one time, I'd say in the in the late 50s, middle 50s, uh, early 60s, that was a pretty big deal. My dad, we went up in LaGrange, Tennessee, and my daddy bought a, a Tennessee walking horse. And he brought him over on the farm at Taco Polo. And then he, he, had a, he had a trainer that tried to really train him up. But you know how you do those front hooves on a, on a Tennessee walking horse? They're a lot higher. They build them up. And they've kind of outlawed that now. But back then, they'd build that hoof up really high. And a, a Tennessee walking horse has about four gates, I believe. But, you know, I, I was young. I was, say, between that 10 and 12. But uh, he would make me get on and ride when we didn't have anybody there. And he'd holler at me, and he'd tell me to put it in a certain gate. And it's got uh, the gates and the doggone thing are, you know, they they they. I th- I'm trying to think what some of those gates are. There a lot of natural gates. There's a good natural gate. There's there's a canner that they call, and that's really a smooth gate. And you got to remember, you get. I think on a canner, you have three feet on the ground at one time and one foot up. I could be wrong. I'm sure I'm in. I'm talking to some people in the Tennessee area right now, and I know they're probably going to correct me on this, but please bear with me. I only remember when I was that age. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to, how to, how to, how many, how many gears to put it in. But you know, when you're, when you're cantering on a 
you could canter on a trail with about any kind of horse. And, it, you know, a canter for a walking horse was pretty good. But you wait a minute, you know, and then walking horses, they had some extra gates that you didn't, you had to do. And they were trail riding, a lot of pleasure, pleasure riding, you know. But in addition, I think the, I think there were two big trots and a pace and see what else. Uh, Jerry, I'm not going to, I'm not going to second guess you here because you're speaking in languages. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Well, it's four people. Those people in the Tennessee area around you right now, Bill Will, if anybody's listening there. And I guarantee you they are. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speed it on up. And, you know, they're, 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 they're four big beat gates, I think. And then a lot of much of, you know, the kind of a head nodding and you got to work that horse really good. That's really, you know, I think it's other gates that will outside of pleasure. That's where my daddy would get me all the time. He had holler. All right. So I put it in a fox trot. And then I said, that's not a fox trot. That's a stepping pace. And that's a single foot or that's a blah, blah. blah. And then and I'd say, okay, I'm trying the best I can, but he'd get all over me. So we had, we had a lot of, uh, Tennessee walking horse shows then. And you'd take those horses and you'd fix those hooves and you'd double them up and then you'd wrap them with metal around them. And then you'd, you'd just like you were shoeing a horse, you'd allow to put some more weight in there. And for some reason, more weight in those hooves that set that horse up high. And you usually had a long mane and a long tail, and they'd set up high. And the more weight in it, they could they could prance better. It just pick them legs up and put them down and pick them up. So they'd have horse shows, and they'd have Tennessee walking horse shows, and that that'd be a pretty big deal. So we were one, and this friend of mine that rode that horse across, Tommy that rode that rode that doggone horse across that And pond. you didn't ride it across the pond. And I didn't. Because you're a little girly boy. Well, if I get well, I know where the pond is. I'm going to go back out there and ride a horse across. But, but any, anyway, we, we were up there that, uh, it was at Oxford at night. And they had a, uh, if anybody's familiar with Oxford, for the, uh, what they call the old hospital now, but they built a hospital there in, in the, uh, late fifties and, but there was a cell barn there before they built the hospital. And that's where it took place. Right on now we said, and that behind it, they had a, 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 a place to have the horse show. So you'd have the horse show back there, but we were back there sitting back there and everybody knew my dad. He was at the cell barn selling cows or selling horses every, every Monday. I think they were Mondays and he was selling them and, and he was there. So they knew him and, had a ticket. We had to buy a ticket when we went in for a chance to win this other animal. I wanted this other animal. I thought, boy, that, that was going to be it, you know? And this friend of mine, he was kind of laughing at me about the time. I think he, he thought, what would you want that for? You know, you got a horse, you know, I had a semi horse. They wouldn't let me use it much. Unless I was on that Tennessee walking horse. But anyway, the, uh, he, he was, he would say, now, look, just don't worry about it. If you win it, you win it. And I said, no, we're going to win it. I know we're going to win it. And here's the guy he, in, in between the events. He said, uh, all right, here's the winner right here. Number 7892, Frank Short. And uh, I said, golly, Daddy, there it is. I got that. And you know what the animal was now? I'm gonna, no, I, I don't. Say that. The animal, I I, I, I used to think it was a pony. But this friend of mine, you know, I'm supposed to have a good memory. He corrected me the other day we were talking about that. 
and it, it, was, it was a donkey. Oh. <laughs> and my daddy didn't want a doggone donkey, and you know. But it was a cute, and, cute donkey, and you thought you'd cute win. Donkey. It. Yeah. Oh man, they paraded around the arena and paraded and said, "It's say, Frank, don't you want this donkey now? Here it is, right here." And he said, and that daddy would say, "No," and I'd say, "Daddy, please, please, I want it, I want it," and he'd say. We're not getting that donkey, son. <laughs> and then the guy, the guy that was MCing, said, "All right, you get fifty dollars if you don't take." And boy, my daddy did five somersaults as he did collected his fifty dollars on the way down. There. <laughs> and how much did you get? And I got uh, a, a fussing at for crying and whining <laughs> and acting a fool, acting a bigger fool than I did when I didn't ride that horse across the pond, but. Uh, he got he got fifty dollars, and uh, I'm sure you know back then in the late fifties that would probably have bought him a couple of Hereford cattle, cattle. So he was in good shape, and mm. I was uh, left out in the cold. Oh, poor little, then, poor little Jerry he, didn't get his little donkey. Oh, I know. He, he, and I wanted that donkey so bad. Oh, I, know. I think it would have been so cute, you know, to have a donkey. You know, I had the other I had other animals. I had guineas and chickens and, and banny chickens and you name it, and we had them. But uh, I didn't have a donkey, and I wanted that donkey. Now that so, would be considered child abuse if you didn't get your kid a donkey. If, you'd if want. I didn't get my way, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, and so I would been I would have been pretty much child abused up <laughs> if, if if it was today. Well, I'll and, tell you uh, what, Jerry, you go in the hospital again for any kind of stroke, and we'll get you your own little cute donkey delivered to the hospital. How does that sound? Hey, man, I can't wait. And uh, can you give me a little saddle, too? Oh, yeah, we'll get that for you. Okay, okay. Maybe we'll get you a donkey that can swim across a pond. How's that sound? Yeah, I may not be brave enough to swim with it. Oh, come I'm on. Have let that, I may have to let Tommy swim with it. It'd be and a friend of mine. It would certainly be a more heroic death if you died drowning in a pond on a donkey than having a darn stroke, don't you think? You know, you know, you got a good point there. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go for the sinking of the donkey, <laughs> kind of like sinking of the Titanic yeah. or something. Jerry Short, everybody, for. always great to catch up with you, and we wish you continued improvement with your rehab and get over all these other many strokes and such and. Maybe you'll be back at 100% here pretty soon. Want to remind everybody on the Y'all Show, tune in tomorrow. Amanda Walker from AL.com is going to be our special guest. And she recently penned an article about the difference between being Southern and being country. Jerry, I know, I know you want to know about that. I know I'm country. I got to figure out how to. And I know I'm Southern. So how do you separate the two? Well, I can't wait. To, Amanda will tell us on tuesdays y'all plus the barrister of bodacious barbecue will be on as well all that coming your way jerry i guess i'm gonna have to go to www.cutedonkeys.com and do a little shopping oh man that sounds like a place i need to be with you you pick out a good color okay all right right. y'all have a good day we'll see you tomorrow Mother's Day is next Sunday, and Pro Flowers is offering an amazing special. One dozen assorted roses for mom for $19.99. And as a special bonus, double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone, and enter the secret code 6262. 
With Fresh Flowers, express delivery and unique vases and accessories that mom will love, Pro Flowers has everything you need to get your Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms you know. Order now from Pro Flowers to get amazing savings. Just pick a delivery date and its freshness is guaranteed or your money back. One dozen assorted roses sent fresh from the farms and guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven days, starting at $19.99. Or double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Order now because Mother's Day is next Sunday. The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to proflowers.com, click on the microphone in the upper right corner, and enter the secret code 6262. That's proflowers.com, secret code 6262. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council.